0: You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. This series, if you're visiting with us, gripping, grasping, and giving, a view of money, possessions, and power. And this idea has been that if we do not keep in mind what the scriptures call as the greatest commands what paul even talked about that everything even himself said hangs on this and that was to love your neighbor as you love yourself then we will end up living a life of grasping and gripping we will not live a life of giving and that idea of grasping is that we never have enough right and that idea of gripping is that we live with fears of scarcity that there's not enough to go around and so what ends up happening and we talked about this we end up thinking well earn all you can Uh, Save all you can, give all you can. That's been the guidepost of this conversation with this series. You need to earn all you can, but not just stop there. Earn all you can so you can what? S, save all you can. And you need to save all you can so that you can what? Give all you can. Now, here's the thing, though, and here's the thing we talked about. Here's where the love of neighbor ethic matters, and here's where the grasping, gripping, giving conversation matters. If we're saving for a rainy day and we aren't willing to dip into that for somebody else's rainy day, then we're not doing it right. You feel me? Like that's the conversation that we've been talking about. So that's the idea of the earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. And then last week, we looked at the words of Jesus that came from the words of Isaiah. So I'm going to read that and then we're going to have them come up here. But if you will, go to Luke chapter 4. We want to set the scene one more time so we keep this in mind as we're listening and as we're participating in this conversation. Jesus is going to preach His first sermon in His hometown. He's going to step into the synagogue. He's going to have the chance to offer a word. They hand Him the scroll that was from the prophet Isaiah, specifically Isaiah 61. Jesus rolls open the scroll. He takes His stance, and He says, this is Luke chapter 4, verse 4, 16, well, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And last week we spent a great deal of time talking about that phrase, the year of the Lord's favor. He's referencing what? Jubilee, Jubilee, which is a year of flattening all the debts It was a year of restoring, repairing, and rebuilding all that had been broken. Year 50 comes around. All lands that had been acquired go back to original family. All those who had been slaved are free. All those who have come in. Everything, the ground is level at Jubilee because Jubilee was the time in the Torah where Yahweh did not want a permanent underclass. And that was the time that was a social reset. Everybody say social reset. It was a social reset because it created a new kind of social hope. Everybody say social hope. So it was a social reset for a social hope. Now, we know, again, we we know this, that people didn't celebrate this. They didn't honor this. The elders of Israel did not honor this. And so Jesus says, it doesn't matter if you honor it, Jubilee has now happened. And it's not that it's happened, it's happening. Listen to what the text says. So then he rolls up the scroll, verse 20, he gives it back to the attendant, he sits down, the eyes of the synagogue are fixed on him, because this is a provocative text, they know what this text means. You aren't going to synagogue and wondering what the rest of Isaiah 61 is. You know what Isaiah 61 is. Jesus says that, you know something's up. He began by saying to them, verse 21, and here's the thing, here's the, here's the scroll drop moment. Right? He says, today as you listen. The scripture has been what? Fulfilled. It is unfolding. It is breaking in. It has happened and is happening. It is not going to happen. It has happened just now and happening. The inbreaking of God's kingdom is scattering light into the darkness and all that has been devastated is being repaired. All that has been degraded is being restored. All that has been destroyed is being rebuilt. The work Has begun now. The only question is are we willing to see it and live like it is true? Are we willing to join God in the work of rebuilding, restoring, and repairing? Or are we just wanting to go to heaven when we die? Are we just wanting our sins forgiven? Are we just wanting to save all we can so that we can just save all we can Are we going to keep grasping and gripping, and instead of joining God in the work of repairing, rebuilding, restoring, just grip some more? Are we going to build bigger tables? Are we going to believe that if we don't get to choose who comes to the table of Eucharist, then we ought to stop choosing who comes to our dining room tables too? Are we going to actually believe that love of enemy is possible? Are we going to actually believe that love of self is actually mandatory because we're to love our neighbor as we? Are we going to actually believe that when Jesus brings a tax collector who's a treasonous betrayer of the people of Israel together with Simon the Zealot who is a religious nationalist vigilante together with some blue collar workers and says, I need y'all to be my people. And Jesus did say y'all, y'all to be my people that he's going to bring all political ideologies together around the cross and resurrection and the power of the spirit to show us that we ought not choose who belongs because the choice has been made. Everybody belongs because we know that it is all, begins with a G, ends with an E, has race in the middle. Grace. Are we going to believe that? Because that alone rebuilds. Tax collectors and zealots being in a company, a community, a new kind of church, that rebuilds That repairs, that restores. Simon would have killed Matthew in his sleep on Sabbath day if he'd had a chance. And Jesus says, Y'all be together and demonstrate to society that this is what Jubilee looks like with skin on, but that it is also tangible and it is concrete. And it is real. And it not only affects some so-called spiritual reality of our lives, but it impacts the social reality of our lives, which includes the economic reality of our lives. And so when we hear about Jubilee, we are invited to catch a vision of Yahweh's economics policy, of what Yahweh meant when he said, "I need you to honor Jubilee and all the lands that you collected through all your good business dealings, like all the good things, not just the bad things. This wasn't bad things. This was they made bad, you. You made good business decisions. Year fifty, you got to give it back to the family from which it came. You got to honor the ancestors because I want a social reset." And we did talk about, and I'm going to repeat it, the irony of how our nation has on the Liberty Bell a quote from the verse in Leviticus that actually speaks to Jubilee. Our nation, who built its life upon the backs of enslaved free labor and land grabbing, took a verse that talks about liberating enslaved and returning lands and put it on a Liberty Bell. And I bring that up again to remind us that G can stay, he can be here, right here, and talk about how God values everybody. And we can leave this place and live as if it actually isn't true. We'll sing songs about it. But our lives won't sing the song about it. So I say that as a way of humbling me, and a hopes of humbling you, That we can hear these things, believe them to be true, but live as if they are not. Because the social fabric of our lives can form us in such a way to just go on about business as usual. Because then if I actually welcome these folks, or if I actually give that money, if I actually let my rainy day fund meet their rainy day, that's actually going to cost me something. If I welcome the zealot while I welcome the tax collector, that may make me so uncomfortable that I'm not willing to live in Jubilee, and so I'm going to be like the elders were in Israel in year 49 when they got together and knew Jubilee was happening, and they said, hey, hey, Jubilee's about to happen. Y'all, y'all, y'all think we should do this? And they're looking around, and they're going, man, my cattle is so good. Like, My land is so big. I mean, Danny Poe made a boneheaded decision. That's on him. This is my land. And we won't do it. And what we sometimes forget is there's always a price to pay. It's just a matter of which price we're going to pay. We're either going to pay the price that comes with Jubilee and get the inside-out liberation that Christ longs for us to have. Uh, We're not going to pay the price that Jubilee costs, and we're going to pay a different price instead and get this kind of fictitious land of broken promises liberation that society promises that society cannot keep. And then sometimes we have to get really practical about what that looks like with our business, with our vocations, with our houses, with our money. Does that make sense to you all? So Isaiah said this in Isaiah 61 because Isaiah, in God's wisdom, knew Jesus would say it. Isaiah said it because Jesus would do it. And now we are a part of the repair. We are a part of the rebuild. We are a part of the restore. And so, four things we said we have to remember as we move through this series with our guide of earn all you can, give all, save all you can, give all you can. Number one, we have to keep Yahweh's vision of economics in our heads and how Yahweh's greatest desire is to promote neighborly love. Everybody saying neighborly love. That's Yahweh's concern. That has to be the number one concern. So if the, way I'm do, if the way I'm doing my money and the way I'm doing my life doesn't land in a promotion of neighborly love, I need to reset. Does that make sense? That's where we're headed you got to decide if you believe in this, but that's where we're headed. Number two, it's all grace. i got to remember that nothing I have I can actually call my own. It is all grace. It has been entrusted to me by God because God trusts me to do something beautiful to promote neighborly love with it. Does that make sense? So we said that, so that's number two. It's all grace. Number three. And here's the part that we sometimes don't think about. A lot of times we stop there, but we, got, we have to think about this risk because we know that Yahweh is a Yahweh who cares about the descendants and cares about the ancestors, cares about the sins of the mothers and the fathers and the impact of the sins of the mothers and the fathers on the children today. Are you all with me on that? We know that that's the case. And so we said number three is that we have to, start, we have to step back and look at how then the church has failed to do those two things and succeeded in doing those two things. Does that make sense? So we, we can look back and we can see how the church is responsible for hospitals in the world. We can see the beautiful things that the church did, but we have to be willing to look back and see the ways the church participated in the opposite of repair, rebuild, restore, and how they did participate in repair, rebuild, restore. We have to look at that. We have to look at it because we stand on the shoulders of that reality. Do we not? You know why you're here, right? You know why you're here? Because in 1964, 19 people came together to make this possible. If they had not come together in 1964 to make this possible, we would not be here. We'd be somewhere else. Does that make sense? You know why you are in this nation? Because somewhere along the line, your mothers and fathers and your ancestors unfolded, 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 and landed here. Whether brought here, taken here, come here, however, the here came and you were born here. You didn't just drop. Storks didn't deliver you on some doorstep. We stand on the shoulders of things that have happened before. We have to be willing to recognize that. And then the fourth thing we need to revisit what it looks like for us to bear witness to the truth of those things in tangible, concrete ways. So when we look back and we see the rights and we see the wrongs, we have to look at the now and ask, how do we go forward? You with me? Say, how do we go forward? Say it. How do we go forward? How do we go forward? Because if the church has a legacy of wrongs, we have to make things right. How do we go forward? How do we bear witness to the God of Jubilee? How do we bear witness to repair, rebuild, restore? How do we model that in the world in which we live? How do we put skin on the confession that we have made that we believe Jubilee is possible? Join in God's pursuit of restoring lives. That's the little vision statement of this church that we came up with 13 years ago that the Holy Spirit drummed up, and at the core of that vision was Luke chapter 4. So therefore, at the core of that vision was Jubilee. And have we not sought to be a family that makes that possible, that bears witness to that, that holds out that kind of liberation? We can't stop. We have to press on. And so this series is a practical way that we're going to be in for a while to make sure that the one thing we seem to hold tightest in our lives, which is our possessions and our money, that we recognize the power that those things hold. Are you with me? All right, enough of me. Y'all come on up here. Lawrence, Tawana, come on up. Y'all, this is Lawrence. This is Tawana. We call her T. This is Mr. G. This is the Golsons, and they are dear, dear friends. And I'm so glad y'all are here. Come here. Good to see you. Good to see you. Y'all give them a hand. Welcome them in. Good to see you, my brother. All right, we're going to have a seat up here. Now, I'm going to tell you why I wanted them here. Uh, I'll sit in the, um, you know what, I ain't going to separate y'all. I'm going to sit here. Y'all sit where y'all want to sit. Yep, 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 watch yourself. Don't get tangled. All right, yep, yep. (laughs) All right, so here's your mics. Now, let me tell you why I wanted them here. If you've got your worship guides, um, page 10 and 11 is all their bio. And G and Garrett and I talked about, like, do we type this up and put it in? But it's just so much. Like, it's just so many words that would have been in there to try and capture the spirit of how God works through these people. Um, Now, you may recognize them from the film Only Us because they were in the film. And um, they are just dear, dear people to me. Uh, they are siblings in the kingdom, and uh, they have their own story. So I'm just going to ask y'all, just go and introduce yourselves to what you think is relevant uh, to this conversation, and we're just going to we're going we're going to get after it.
1: Appreciate awesome. you there, brother Fred. Mike, appreciate bro. you there, brother Fred. Good morning, WCC. Morning. Huh. Now. You got to say it like we you know, we're a church. We're excited about this. Thank so you. I want you to, you know, blow the the ceiling off so the folks in 1964 who dream of this <laughs> dream say, ah, we got it right. So good morning, WCC. See, uh, oh, yeah. I just want to say, see, it's possible for you.
0: <laughs> like, Second Gathering, oh, how to, it's possible. I just want to
1: want to throw that out there. All right, thanks. Um, in all seriousness, thank you uh, for having us. Uh, we're excited about what is happening here at WCC. Uh, it's absolutely an amazing time. And speaking and talking about money has been one of the things that people often avoid, but it's the most necessary part of the conversation because we're really talking about the, 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 the relationship with currency. You know, if we get the word money out of the way, we're dealing with a current. So we have to begin to focus more so on where do we want this current to flow and how we want it to flow for humanity overall. Uh, I'm Lawrence Golson. Anybody familiar with the look place called Denwitty County? Probably not. Uh, I'm from Denwitty County. That's where I grew up on the farm, back in the woods with livestock. The other DC and, and all of that stuff. <laughs> the other DC. <laughs> nice. Yeah, duck country is what we call it. DC duck country. Um, <laughs> 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 but, uh, but again, uh, Tawana and I have been, we are naturally doing the work that we've always done. Uh, my mom, uh, who is her biological mother, but my mother in love came to uh, an event that we were uh, facilitating and she said, and, and she's, a, she's a woman of faith and she was a teacher and she just was a spiritual mother for me as well. She said, you guys are doing what people in the body really want to do, your life is your ministry. You don't have to work. It's not something that we have to build up. It's just, and that's what we always believe that God, if you can use anything in its natural state and form, use us in our natural state and form to give you glory and to demonstrate your goodness. And we've lived our lives actually since we were teenagers. I met this young lady at the age of she was 13 years old. Uh, we became best of friends. We weren't trying to date. We didn't even look at each other like that. We were just the best of friends. But because of that that organic relationship, it has evolved into uh, we we think alike and think totally different at the exact same th- same time. And you know, if anybody who's been together at any amount of time, you know that's a gift that is given. You don't you don't make that happen. But uh, we're bus- We consider ourselves to be business and community strategists because, as you can see in this this write up, there's so many pieces to what we do, and people are always. Ask, well, what do you do? We, it's one of those things you have to catch. We can't just say what we do because it's multifaceted and it's really all about humanity. So we're glad to be here. I'm going to pass the mic to Tawana.
2: You know, it's funny. He always tells the story that he met me at 13, but he never tells his age. So that have people in, in the audience like, mm, how old is she? Anyway, I was 14.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm Tawana Golson. Um, <laughs> Been walking the walk with this man for so many years, over thirty years. Um, well, over thirty-five years now, cause our oldest is 33. 30, he's 33. We have a 33
1: year old, y'all ain't this, um, Well then it's 37 in years, the, in the years then.
2: Oh my gosh, we can, you can old. Um anyway. <laughs> y'all need to take a break and talk about that. Like, <laughs> like, like, y'all we go, like, I know y- <laughs> we, we lo- we've lost track because our kids are older than us now. But um <laughs> You know, we stop counting, and they keep going. But um, like Lawrence said, we are business and community strategists, and we care about the economics of our community. Hence, we are business owners, and um, one of our one of our greatest works that we do during our day to day is we help to develop and promote small business owners, um, women, and minority owned businesses just trying to help with shifting the trajectory of of money, of economics. And where I rest at is mindset of money, and we'll probably get into some of that as God pours. Um, your mindset, shifting your mindset about money and your relationship with money, because our relationship with money forms our habits. Mm. And going back to mindsets, it's what did mama tell me about money or not or demonstrate it what did daddy tell me about money or not what did grandma and then thinking about do I believe that and this carries over not just about money it's everything in life Lawrence and I um years ago we had a rough patch in our marriage and we had to go to counseling yeah Christians go to counseling that's right we don't just pray yep you can't just pray it away nope Got to go talk to somebody.
1: That's right.
2: And we had to go talk to somebody. And one of the things that this great counselor had us to do, and we've been practicing this and everything, including um, how we look at our money, was because we came in as young. You know, We was young. Well, this is how I was raised. Well, this is how I was raised. Well, who told you that? Well, who told you that? My mama did it this way. Well, my mama did it this way. Back and forth. So our counselor's like, okay, stop. What do you believe? Get out a sheet of paper. And I use this practice... In my practice now, draw a line down the middle. On the other side, write down everything your mama, daddy, grandma, aunt, uncles, friends of the family told you, even down to you step on a crack, you break your mama's back. Everything, everything that's in your head. Then go on the other side and say, Do I believe that? If you don't believe it, cross it out. If you believe it, keep it. And then write your own rules to your marriage. Mm. What are your rules? What do you believe? And we've practiced that and we've had such a better fruitful life. Not only a, a fruitful marriage, but a fruitful life. So I use that practice um, with my clients about money because there's so much emotion. When we sit down and talk about you think, okay, why well, you know, you're going into business because you want to make a lot of money. Yes, you wanna make money, you wanna make a living, you're an entrepreneur, you wanna solve a problem, but you gotta get to the root of how do you deal with your own before you can help someone else, especially if you're trying to employ people? And that is such an emotional, an emotional conversation for people. I've had people crying just to talk about, well, what do you spend your money on every month? Let's talk about the cell phone bill. I had a girl tell me, well, I will not, you know, not have this cell phone. I said, you don't not have to have the cell phone, the bill. There's other ways. There's cheaper ways. And she just couldn't see it. Because of mindset and your relationship forms your habit. So that's why I rest in and I've written a book or two or three on money.
0: And yesterday just had a book <laughs> signing at Barnes, Noble, Barnes & Noble, which I went. Yeah. So yes. but you can yes. see the books there. So and, and I mean that like part of why I wanted them here is I wanted them to be introduced to you and you to them because they are a resource in the kingdom of God of what God is doing. And so instead of talking about them, I have a little rule, nothing about me without me. So I would rather just have them here and let them meet you so you can hear the story and experience it and feel it yourself. Because in all sincerity, there's no way that I could describe this family. Um, I mean, I could, but not for you to fully capture uh, I could talk about their compassion. I could talk about their entrepreneurial spirit. I could talk about their diligence and their drive and their intelligence. I could talk about the way they rally people around and make the community better. You even heard it in T statement. I can talk about how they try to solve problems with these things and don't just set out to do it just for their own good, but also for the good of their neighbor. And I could even list all the things here, but you have to meet and see. You have to hear and see. It reminds me of Job. When Job had gone through all that Job had gone through, at the very, very end, after God had restored and repaired and rebuilt all that Job had lost, there's a last, in the last section of Job, Job says, before I'd only heard about you, but now I have seen you. There does come a point in time where we can only truly learn by the experience of things, and that includes people. Because, T, as you were saying, this is about a mindset. A lot of times we want practical things and here's the thing, church. If you were given practical steps, but your mind doesn't change, what do you think is going to happen with those practical steps? They're going to fall back. Are you going to trip yourself up? Are you going to do it until it gets hard? And then you're going to go back to what you know. You with me? So that's why Romans 12 says, be transformed by the what? Say it again, by the what? Renewing of your mind. Alright, by the renewing of your mind. So let's talk
2: about And that's a, that's a balancing act. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a balancing act because you have to literally do what Paul said. You have to die to that flesh daily. You have to cast down those imaginations when those those I mean, I hear my great grandmothers sometimes superstitions every day. Yeah, yeah. When I do stuff, it's like some sort of superstition comes up, you know, and it's so ironic because they say, Oh, we don't believe in all that stuff. But then you tell me stuff that's superstitious (laughs) to believe in. Right, right. And I I have to cast it down because it makes no sense. No, right. And why am I believing that? Right. You know, I walk down the street and I'm holding my husband's hand. Oh, we can't cross. We can't separate each other in the pole. What does that mean? That's. I mean, even silly stuff like that. Yeah. It's like. So <laughs> it, you have to. You, you have start the... walking around. <laughs> st- you know, why am I doing this?
1: Right. You have to find. You have to find humor. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to find resolve in understanding and, and with your ancestors, with the with the lessons they were teaching you. Resolve in it was all about love. You know, it was really about love and understanding. And yeah, as we grow, we should become better. And we should become better in explaining. So I'm pretty sure our grandkids are going to say something crazy that we taught them because that continues to happen as they become smarter and wiser and they learn a better way to communicate a, a, a lesson. Uh, But based on what we were taught, because we both laugh at that, you know, did you just hear that Big Mama? My great-grandmother was Big Mama. I don't know about y'all. But Big Mama would have certain things, and it comes up in my mind all the time. And it's a wonderful, familiar, relaxing relationship, but I immediately cast down what does not serve me and what does not necessarily mean something for me today. So then I'd say take a note,
0: if you're taking notes. And you can write, we are the stories we tell ourselves.
2: Amen. And you can re- rewrite that narrative.
0: And that's the thing. Yeah. We are the stories we tell ourselves, and those narratives have authority over our lives. But we do have the power by the Holy Spirit, the community and the accountability that comes into support to write a different story. Yeah. Yes. So let's get into this. What's the story we tell ourselves about money? And what's the story you're learning about money? Money and possessions, business, Entrepreneurship.
1: You want me to go? I, or you going. I'll kick in, okay. and, and she's, she always takes over, so, so, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, okay. Years ago, and, and it's really my, my doing that frustration of us, of the way we were raised, you know, uh, in, in our understanding of money, or based on what we heard our parents saying about money or not. or not saying about money, it caused us some frustrations. But we were actually, the frustration was us growing, and we weren't communicating it with each other. So the story began, we were in our, our ministry when we first, I was at a station at Fort Monroe, our ministry when we first got here to, um, to Virginia, to this part of Virginia, uh, we heard a pastor teaching on money has a voice. And we immediately said, we rehearsed that in our mind, and Tawana has always been absolutely amazing when it comes to being able to dissect money in 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 numbers and and she began to go down this extremely long process of understanding it. And I was never comfortable with being broke anyway. Yeah, absolutely not comfortable with that at all. <laughs> so she began to study and we began to rehearse it in our in our time together. She <laughs> I don't know. I was yeah. she had lived experiences, you know, sometimes was, your childhood traumas right. you know, because it was not necessarily a matter of broke it was more a matter of brokenness. Yeah. So you are looking five miles down the road but we still got to live at here and now. Now me on the <laughs> other hand, I was all about here and now Spinning based on how I was raised because um, back then Virginia Power was Vepco. Anybody know about Vepco? All right, v- Vepco gonna be there tomorrow but I need to eat today. And it was based yeah. on how I was raised, the things that I heard. So it was no pre-planning or preparing. My wife, on the other hand, she came from a different environment. So planning was very much a necessity for her. So that began our agitation and our frustration after the oohs and ahs and I love yous. It was like, OK, hmm, I don't understand why you tripping about this money. you know. And then we began to have real conversations. So the beginning was hearing money has a voice and saying, you know that how the puppy dog looks at you sideways, what what does that mean? I hear what he's saying and it resonates with me, but I don't know what it means in Mike. So what's it mean?
2: For me, it meant I needed to give it a voice. I need to to move that statement to moving the money to where I needed to be. And um, Lawrence is right, we had a tr- I mean we struggled. We struggled in the beginning because his parents, well, what they taught him or didn't teach him was, compa- was clashing with what my parents didn't teach me or taught me or some of the things I picked up. And I had a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. Terribly bad. I mm-hmm. didn't know that that was a name of it mm-hmm. in, the, in my 20s. But it was really scarcity. And what it looked like, I was being responsible and prepared when in all actuality I was in fear. So you were gripping. I was gripping. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I drove him crazy. and We couldn't spend nothing. I, I was totally in charge. I'm going to handle this, and I'm going to get... I mean, he was like...
1: Which can't. meant I spent everything without telling he, her. He sure did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was like, why do we work so hard? We can't spend our money. <laughs> I was like, because we don't want to be broke. <laughs> but anyway, it was. I can laugh at it now, but we, it was serious back then. Yeah. Um, so I was just crazy stuff. Before Sam's Club came out, um, if there's any young people in here, there was no Sam's Club forever. And there was layaway. <clears throat>
0: All layaway.
2: So, <laughs> so my mama taught me how to layaway stuff, right? So I used to layaway everything, toilet paper, paper towels, everything, because I wanted to store. In yeah. my mind, I was storing up for, you know, for that rainy day. And I received the rainy day because I was waiting for the rainy day. But I wanted to store. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got that's a word. I got a whole sermon on that. But anyway, so now I save for good days. To be able to give and help. Now, yeah, if you yeah. stay for a rainy day, you're going to get a rainy day.
1: We had boxes of but, cereals on, cereal under our bed. If there was <laughs> a sale, my wife was on that sale and we stocked up cereal underneath the Everybody. bed, in the closet, toilet tissues up and down everywhere. I still can't. We laying, <laughs> laying in a bed of, of, of cocoa pumps.
0: <laughs> laying in a bed of cocoa pumps. <laughs> laying in a bed Get a better
2: life. I was
1: traumatized by her experience. I, was, I mean,
2: because I was afraid to be w- without. Yeah, no, I, get I that. literally, it was a. Raise your hand if you can
1: identify with that, though.
0: Right? Like, <laughs> I was like. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, I was uh, I was probably, you know, what the kids call extra. Um, I was a little extra. <laughs>
0: what the kids call extra. What the kids call
2: extra. You know, my grandson's Nana, you being extra. But um, I probably was a little extra. And when I think about it now, I thought I, at that time, I thought I was doing good. I you were by being wise. Statin. I was being wise. And, you know, in some parts I was. Yeah. But when you don't have money for gas because you don't bought Cocoa Puffs, yeah, right. 25 <laughs> boxes because the commissary had them for 10 cents a box. That's right. You know, <laughs> 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 that became, you know, I had to really look at myself and why am I so afraid of money? And yeah. at that time I was afraid of money. So that goes back to the mindset, you know, so what did I see? I saw lack. I saw sometimes we didn't have some. Sometimes we were on the verge. Or I heard, I heard conversations as a little girl. We're on the verge of having you know, electricity turned off, water turned off. And I didn't want that to happen to my family. Right, absolutely. So I internalized it as I got to prepare early so that we'll never not have. He was like, we we ain't never had no money, so I'm gonna spend my money. You so know, you were, so he took it. So you were grasping in some yeah. way, right? Well, like I, in some
1: way, I paid Vebco when they put the door hang up. <laughs> you know yeah. how they used to come around and put the thing on your door, say your bill is. The-. That's when I paid it. <laughs> so
2: that's yeah, why. That I That took was over. in the early yeah.
1: 20s, though. You know, I don't do that so, anymore. So but when you know.
2: I realized he was like that, I took over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So so you have you both had your voices of money in your head. But then the voice of God broke those voices. Absolutely. Yes. And I don't want to miss that. Absolutely. And that happened where? In what? in church. That, that in, in church. church. And in I just church. want to make sure that we know yeah, absolutely. that happened that, in that happened in church. Yeah. Um, I can't say it happened to
1: everybody, but the atmosphere was set for everybody to <laughs> so receive that's yeah. that, that's it. That's it. That's it. And God <laughs> speaks outside of the building, but God always speaks through absolutely. the church. Yes. So I want to
0: make sure when I talk, y'all know when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about... This the moment, yeah. all right? It's I'm key. saying that happens through the people of God, through your siblings, and it came through, in this case, the pastor. So I want to say this again. Yes, so sir. the voices of, of the old authorizing, we call them in 3E, we call them authorizing narratives, narratives with authority over lives. Mm-hmm. The voices of the old authorizing narratives that were forming your present and, mm-hmm. and shaping your future because of the past was broken by the God of the past, present, and future. Yes. So, yes. It was so the voice uh-huh. of God we broke that. We
2: had an aha moment in church when he made that, that statement and and of course a whole lot of other statements behind it but it was we it 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 was a moment for us to just realize that we needed to take control and create our own narrative and deal with what was going on inside right you know what what is going on and we didn't know that money could have that type of that
0: kind of tethering right had no
2: clue so then let's
0: move to it so we can get through it like what 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 happened so what did you do what was the process? How did you shift the mindset to where the voice of God became the authorizing voice in all the other voices?
1: Well, i like to want to say we started uh, really writing down what this meant for us.
0: So you had to do some self, so, yes, self-work.
1: self You really have to do the self-work, self-work. And, and then you had to remove every other voice out of your head that okay. did not serve you. Even the
0: voices you love. Even, Even the voices, voices love. And that's the hard thing. We, we, don't like to, we don't want to admit that our mamas were wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, when we're adults, say, our grandmamas were wrong.
2: It might have been right for her, but, but it, it ain't right, not right for, me. for me. Well, you know, right, right. You like, know, I yeah, I'm try trying yeah. to smooth it over a little bit. Yeah, that, well, that's
0: it. Just got to make that feel better. But yeah, 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 because
2: it is. Because what, 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 what we are saying, <laughs> in essence, is well, grandma told me wrong, mama told me wrong, all that stuff is wrong. And, um, and, you, and and you if you say it like that, it makes it you, you struggle with yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Then you, you sound like wanna, you're insulting. Then you sound like you're yeah, insulting yeah, yeah, yeah. them, or you're not going to do it because you love and trust them. Right. Your trust was in them.
0: But you have to face. But you have to face the it. voices that have formed you. Yeah. And you have to do the self work, and you have to recognize that in doing that, you're not saying your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa were bad people. Yeah. All, we right. don't have the imagination for saying... Obviously, clearly right now in our society, we don't have the imagination enough to say, I disagree with you, but I can still love you. Right. We have the only the imagination in our society that says, I disagree with you, and now you're my enemy. Right. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. We can't disagree with the voices of our past without somehow subconsciously making them our enemies.
2: Right. Right. Does that
0: make sense? Right. So then, therefore, we just don't want to say it. So then we are in danger of picking up old voices that tell unhealthy stories and then forming unhealthy lives because we don't want to let go of the unhealthy voices.
1: And we get stuck. And then we get stuck. It's the complexity of it. Of course when you bring in enslavement and all of that so you always for us you're thinking about I wasn't here. That's right. So I want to make sure I'm really understanding and I'm not misinterpreting what they're trying to teach me because you know black folks speak in parables too you know Mm -hmm. so you're hearing messages that are really resonating but they resonated in a moment in time in history, and we need to catch the, catch the message or the lesson. You know, Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, get the lesson and let everything else that doesn't work for you move on. So the complexity of that made it hard. So as we began the process of breaking this down and evolving ourselves, evolving ourselves, you grieve, mm-hmm. and then you let go. And then you try, this amazing thing happens, you go back and try to, to, to uh, resurrect your parents and your grandparents because if they're still alive, you want to make them better. You're trying to pour into their heads, So you're trying to now project onto them what you felt was projected onto you. Okay,
0: so let me pause you. (laughs) You said something earlier. So when we do that self-work, we need to make space to grieve what we find.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So if you're taking notes, make that point. When we do that self-work, we have to grieve what it is we found that we finally are willing to admit doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have to let go absolutely which is yeah. the hard part yes right which is a process of ongoing yes and then you were talking about resurrect them but in a sense though do you like we have to resurrect ourselves now. yeah yeah because yeah, that's rebuilding. a bit of a that's kind of a death that's a death of expectation that's a death of sometimes the way we romanticize people who formed us and loved us mm-hmm. yes right that's a death of some things and we have to be resurrected yeah. into this new life for this new way of thinking about things like money
2: yeah, yeah. possession, And I'm all about writing down. I, I take the, the scripture, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. He that here he can run it right. I take that little with everything. I've been doing that since forever. And um, I go back and look at my high school um, memory book. And I was a little planner. But um, <laughs> I had my little life planned out. But uh, it, did anything happen that way? Some, but not much. Um, so we we had to sit down and write it out.
0: So you didn't even have to write we out the vision. You had to write anyway. the
2: vision out. What, what is it that we're trying to accomplish in our life? Right. Because, you know, being a young couple married, you're, sometimes you're operating on everybody else's vision for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they wanted us to get married because they thought he was a nice little preacher boy from the country. And, you know, he was better than anybody else that I've been involved with. And... Um, <laughs>
1: I mean, cause you're wearing the third- a good one. They said all that about me, and girl. Yeah, girl. my mama
2: that. did. My mama at, just knew you were be preaching and caring. At right. fourteen, yeah, well, we didn't start dating until sixteen,
1: cause I wasn't allowed. And the funny thing is that our families were—we didn't necessarily know it, but our families knew each other. Yeah, from years, uh, from years yeah. down, they were always as we got older. Folks, were, oh, well, the Tuckers and the Ghosts have always been marrying. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that because we started showing up at events
2: in our same families where they were like, "Are we cousins?" But anyway, <laughs> Lord,
1: don't let us be cousins. I know he's from the county, but don't let us be cousins. It wasn't that we grew up together. So she was in, she grew up in Chesterfield. I was in Danville. She was would be visiting her grand, great grandparents. Great grandparents. So there. we met there by a mutual friend. And so we didn't know each other and she wasn't there. So it was like, wait a minute, you got family here.
0: I said, I got to, look, this is what it's like for me to be at lunch with these (laughs) people. Like that's why our lunches are two and a half hours. Too many layers. Too many many layers. So we swing back in. We wrote the vision. Yeah. Wait. So you write the vision. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
2: And so we, we, as we started writing, we started writing what we believe in and what we want, where we wanted to go for our family. So you have to
0: have, so please hear me out. You have to have guy, you have to have a guide, but you have to have signposts. Right. So the language is signposts. So when in our series, we've said that there are four signposts and those four signposts are are listed right there in the worship And We use that language on purpose because if you course out for a direction, you can have a guide, but if you don't have any signposts, you're not going to know where you are in the journey. You may know where you're headed, but you got to know where you are. Yeah. So you need signposts.
1: And forgive yourself. And forgiving yourself. You, you have to forgive yourself when you for, don't what, get there. for when, what you did not know. Okay. You know, yeah. and then you have to forgive yourself for the mistakes you make as you were trying to get to what you now know. Which more. is hard,
0: I think, right? Because when you rediscover, when you look back and find out that those who formed you were a little off track, and then you look at your life and you realize that now you've been off track, yeah. and then you look at the vision that you've laid out and you see how far you are from what you genuinely believe God's laying on your heart. There can be some different kind of guilt there. Yeah. Because then especially if life has changed in the midst of it all. Yeah. Especially if how you are right now is not how you began. Yeah. And so there has to be grace and gentleness and forgiveness in the journey. And Even I'm going to yourself. say that's what I'm saying yeah, to, yourself. to yourself. And I'm going to say you can't do that alone. Right. Mm-hmm. No. You need people in your corner to get you to that place so that you can walk through that difference. So then how did you get to where you are? Let's fast forward. So you launched businesses, you did your work You gave your life away to also helping other people launch businesses Mm -hmm. to do the work. Where are you at right now?
2: I'm glad that you say you didn't do it alone because I need to go back a little bit in my mid-20s. There was a lady at work. God planted a lady of wisdom. And I'm still looking for Miss Rosa. And she taught me some things. And and every time I run it back to my husband, he's like, okay, okay, let's do that. But she explained to me... um, stuff that I didn't know about, 401Ks. You know, I was at a job that offered it, and I, it just went over my head when we went to the benefits stuff because nobody in my family talked about that those type of things. So she kind of started telling me, you need to put your money in there because they're matching. You need to do this. That's free money. That's free money. <laughs> that's right. And I didn't, I didn't know what she meant, but I did it because yeah. I respected her. Right. And um, so that helped us catapult. And my husband did what I told him to do. When I went back, I was like, okay, Miss Rosa said to do this. So she <laughs> went and did it. And that helped set us up. Actually, that helped us walk away from our jobs. We took some of that money and started our first business. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, so I guess it kind of ties no, it, 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 it up. Yeah. So,
1: what was happening at the same time that she had a Miss Rosa, I was still active duty military. And I, Got into some very great career paths while in the military. But me and my my colonels and generals, we would be hanging out at the gym, and I'm in the sauna with all these old, w- rich, white uh, men, and we <laughs> half naked. <laughs> but but they're edgy, they're t- they're having conversations with uh, with each other, and a lot of my success has come from listening to people who weren't necessarily talking to me. Yeah, yeah. but I was in <laughs> the space. Right. You know, and what happened is they started talking to me and educating me on real estate investing and 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 then they began taking me under their wings, and they began to invite me to certain real estate investment groups and that sort of thing. So at the same time, Ms Rosa is talking to her, I'm getting this education in Nisana. <laughs> So it made when she came so when she came back to me, you know, I was already half naked, so the transparency was already (laughs) already, I don't have anything to hide, let's just talk about this. I agree with you.
0: That's right, that's right. And so you you began on this track of real estate investment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And started buying up properties. What and then out of that Businesses began
1: to launch? Yeah, we had a heart for people always. So affordable housing, just trying, you know, real estate for us was about not only understanding the real estate market and and being able to financially secure things for us, but to create create opportunity for folks to have houses who may not necessarily been able to qualify or are ostracized for whatever reason. Maybe they have a past, because we all do. Nobody want to talk about it, everybody got one. But they deserve an opportunity or a chance. And then use that as an educational tool to help them to become better.
0: So now this is why, and now you're seeing, I hope you're seeing why I wanted them here. Because they entered into places that needed repair, rebuilding, and restoring. And they leveraged their privilege, power, position that God had given them through the courses of all the people that God raised up in their life. And instead of just taking it for themselves, they enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Absolutely. They enjoyed it. Does God want us to enjoy these things? Yes. Everybody, yes. yes, 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 but we can enjoy it right. with others right. by being with others in the enjoyment of it and then leveraged it for their good. I promise and you,
2: we give away more than we keep. I'm now. sure you do, I mean, I'm sure you really do. do, and we pray to give.
0: I'm sure you do, we, I know you do. I've seen it, yeah. I mean, so much so that out of all these for profit businesses, yeah, you launched what.
2: A nonprofit.
1: A nonprofit, that is absolutely. And the thing, the nonprofit was the first thing that it, was born when we were well. 26. When we first started hearing about the Money Has a Voice, we started this little group called Inner Peace Coalition, which traveled from churches. It was our ministry, it was our way of mm-hmm. ministering. And that started back in 1997 because the lesson that we're talking about, you guys, we this this was almost 30 years ago. And well, what close to 26 years ago in the making, we started hearing this message when we were 27 years old, and that was when the work began. the The fruits of that. How old again? I just want to say again. That was 27. We were 27 yep. years old. Uh, so you're never too young. Never, you're never too. And long, you're never, young. Too old. And you never too old. Absolutely not. Because that's yeah.
0: part of what y'all help people see now. You're yeah. never too young. You're never too old. Look, real quick, I don't, I don't want to cut oh, sure. you I want. They help folks who find themselves in crises and turning points in their lives. Y'all recognize that? What I'm trying to say is there's no age limit to this. So I don't want you sitting here, please, thinking, well, I'm already over the hill and rolling down the other side. Like like God can meet in that space too. Yes. But you got to keep showing up. Everybody say showing up. Showing up. You got to keep showing up. Yeah, absolutely. There's so
2: much work to do.
0: There is. There's so much. Oh,
2: my goodness. And so at 27,
0: you launch this nonprofit. It becomes the ministry for you. Out of that, out of your entrepreneur spirit, you invest in businesses. That investment yields a return. The Bible says if you sow the spirit you reap of the Spirit. If you sow the flesh, you reap of the flesh. But you still, that's the whole like, if you're waiting for a rainy day, you're going to get one. Mm. Right. But if you're waiting yeah. for the good days, yeah. you're going to get one. Mm-hmm. If you sow the Spirit, you reap of the Spirit. But you're giving and you're generous and you're gracious and you're risky in what you're doing. But you're, wi- you're wise because you have your vision boards. You're mm. laying it out. Am I right? Yeah. 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 So you're dealing honestly with the past you're looking clear into the future, and it's forming how you're living in your present. And it all is about how you're investing in the lives of others while you enjoy it along the way. Right? Right.
1: Yes. I love the way Fred just wraps things he up. Does. For you. He does. He? He's a
2: good rapper-rapper.
1: <laughs> well, you know.
0: <laughs> so, so, and so you've got to know. So I've been involved with them in business environments. Because y'all may not know, but Allison and I have an LLC. I've been involved in them with the nonprofit environments because we collaborate between 3E and IPC. Um, uh, you know, they're they I mean, Latuana and I are on what are we on the racial trauma committee, the yeah, trauma have some training committee. Don't we? Yeah, and then and, and Lawrence is as the president of NAACP and we are involved in all these different like intersections of community building and community organizing and community development and i've just watched them and their witness and what they do and i just wanted you to see that they have an imagination for this so i'm gonna ask you as we kind of start wrapping this up mm-hmm. what is your why
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and 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 y'all gonna have to like land the plane so okay. you can do your thirty thousand feet yeah yeah thing but i want you to bring it in what's your why behind all this Because at the end of the day, when it comes to your money, when it comes to your possessions, you have to reckon with the power it creates. And the question that you can ask that will help you begin the journey of discerning the power is the why. What is my why with my money? What is my why with my job? Because when you take a job, you are literally commodifying your time, right? You're saying, I'm going to work for you. And give you 40 plus hours of my week, every week of my life, 2,080 hours of my life a year. That's on a 40-hour work week. For this amount of money a year. Think about that. What is your why?
1: Yeah. And we we have a collective why and we have individual whys. My why is to live my life uninterrupted. Mm. And and which is just a flip on, what's your why? What would you do uninterrupted? What I would do uninterrupted is what I'm actually doing now. All of the things that you say that we're doing. In my my book, Mind on My Money, I talk about, are you willing to give up the life you're living right now to live the life that you deserve? And Mm. for us as believers, living the life that you deserve is a life of giving, a life of solving problems, a life of redemption, doing the redemptive work building up the kingdom, building up people, educating people, delivering and, and, and freeing people from their, their thought processes that don't serve them well. So that's my why, is just to live my life uninterrupted, doing just that.
0: And living the life, letting go of the life you have now for the life you deserve. Absolutely. And for the life you believe God's calling you to live. Yes, sir. And I, and I want to pause. Let's come back to that, but when we close, because I want to talk about the practical side of that, because I want people here who go, but I can't. Because there are people right now who are saying, that all sounds nice, Fred, but I can't. And here's the thing, God can. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do to live into that confession, right? Right. That may mean you have to learn about a 401k. That may mean you need to sit with Dave Anderson or Jason Blanchard in our church and do some financial planning. Mm -hmm. That may mean you might want to look at how to restructure debt. That might look at letting go of some things, that third car that you bought. That fourth house you own. That may look at letting go of some of these other things to start genuinely asking myself is my why leading me to grasping or gripping, or is my why leading me to giving? And so, what's gonna have to change and be rethought in my life? And I may need to get some real advice. You may need to hire these guys, you may need to hire Dave, Jason, you may need to hire somebody else, but this is how this works. You may need to go to a sauna a little more often <laughs> and listen to the room. It worked for me. Just keep your eyes to yourself, but listen to the room and see what's going on. You may need to listen to Miss Rosa. Miss Rosa. Miss Rosa. <laughs> I got to find Who's her. your Miss Rosa? <laughs> You're going to be in between services trying to find her. To find but the point I'm trying to make is it's all about entering into the conversation and having an imagination big enough to believe that it's possible. Yeah. All right. That's it. Yeah, that's and what's it. your why?
2: I felt some leaps in, in my spirit when you said... Get rid of a house or a car, Mm. because that's a hard thing for a lot of people. So what I would say is there is, God is in in, in, in the business of multiplication, by the way. But Lawrence and I have learned addition by subtraction over the years. And that's what I was about to say. It's
0: about the pruning. It's yeah.
2: about the pruning. And when we've let some things go, God came in and multiplied others. So I just wanted to say no, that no, no, real yeah, quick. Really. But um, because it does vex people when you have to give up things that you've worked hard for, that's even right. down to a cell phone bill. I mean, I'm telling you, people just get emotional. I'm like, but you can do it f- for prepaid at $50 a month instead of one phone for 150 a month. I don't know. I need to have this iPhone. I anyway, um, that's, I'm, I'm traumatized. By <laughs> I was about it. to say, it's
0: I had to call her afterwards. I'm traumatized. But I think it, like, but anyway, <laughs> like I don't understand
2: you got a hundred dollars of savings right there, and you don't see it. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's what we deal with every day. But um, my why, outside of, and I'm Lawrence and I are blessed that we're able to see our children's children. We have grandchildren. So that's you know when you read that in the Bible that you leave a, leg- a wise man leave a legacy for his children's children. That's like a, a dream one day until you become a grandparent. So outside of making this world better for them. Um, that's why we, we still work hard. That's right. That's why we go to the gym and work on our bodies so that we can do the work too because we got to stay healthy. Um, outside of that, the, the, the visions and the dreams that God gives me are so overwhelming that I cannot do it without money. So my prayers are, are focused on other people always. Right. Because I'm just crazy enough to believe because of my history with God is that God's going to take care of me. So I don't pray for me anymore. I don't pray. I don't waste God's time saying, can you pay my light bill, water bill, and no, all that. I don't waste God's time with that anymore because I'm out of the way. My work and my why and my mission is for the good of people. And if God gave me that idea, then I'm crazy enough to believe, it. God, you got to fund it.
0: That's it. If God gives you the what, <laughs> here's what I've said before. If God gives you the what, you don't have to worry about the house. Mm-hmm you just got to believe in the what. And remember WCC, we're going to have Francis B. next here next uh, Sunday for Kenya. He's going to be here with us. And Danny, you remember when we were sh- you were a shepherd here, and the what was we were in debt maybe looking at having to lay off somebody. But the what was God presented to us all of these children who were AIDS orphans in Africa at $35 a head. I'm being crass with this. I'm thinking mathematics. With 20 children in this village that we needed to sponsor. And the eldership understood the what. And so even in debt, the eldership, even with the staff at risk, the eldership knew that if we presented 20 kids to you, that's $35 a child, that could have been going to the tithes and offerings. But the elders understood the what and trusted God with the how. And what was it, Danny, two years later we were out of debt? Something like that? Because that's how God works. You got to know the what so you can trust God with the how. So let me wrap this up so we can come to the table together, um, and then we can sing our song as we come to the table together and then carry on. First off, I mean this when I say this, I love you, you are gifts, I am grateful you're here, it's about time you visited, <laughs> and I am glad that, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be in your life and to be a witness to this. Um, and, and, and I want to tell you, church, uh, we, we, told, we said this at the business meeting, um, which 20 of y'all came to. Um, that part of what we had hoped with this long-term capital campaign was to see God turn this church building into something more. And we talked about the possibilities of turning this church building into an incubation center for daycares for single moms and dads and under-resourced families who can't afford daycares and centers. Does that makes sense? Because you can't get a job as a single mama if you've got to find a ways to pay for your kid and your paycheck goes to what you're paying for. And the current, the current situation as we have it in the system is that it's overburdened and overextended. And so we would love to see God bring this building up to code so that we could, and that's the thing, bring this building up to code so that we could explore the idea of turning this into an incubation center for daycares. And if you don't know what that means, it means daycare centers plant out of this space. And guess who we're going to partner with to do that? inner peace coalition because that's one of the 500,645 things (laughs) that they do and it's just how god brings all of this together can you imagine the witness in the city if we were a part of making sure that single mothers and fathers could have absolute affordable child care qualified child care so they could get jobs yeah can y'all see that amazing you see the yes. difference that that could make and not even single moms like working families who just can't afford the childcare situation can you see the difference that could make and we are invited to be a part of all kinds of an imaginative thing. Yeah. yeah and then god brings the people in our lives to make it possible so i just want to say thank you thank for believing in new possibilities and thank you for opening us up to those new possibilities
1: well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Fred, for the relationship. Y'all, give it, you, you guys know what y'all have right here. This is an amazing, give it up for him, even being who he is in his organic. I know, that. I gotta do it. Don't me do I it. mean, seriously, I, yeah. we
2: don't know, Lawrence and I, I'm a PK, and we've both been ordained in, in some parts of our life. And one of the reasons that we, and we've had this candid conversation with Fred, so we're just gonna say it to you, um, because, you know, every, every church has a culture, and we come from the black church culture, and a lot of times you know, it's more about um, stuff than work in the community. And one of the things that we we honor Fred for is he's in the community. He is. We don't see that a lot in our in our in our world. Right. Where the pastor is at social services talking to the leaders, or the pastors talking to um, congressmen, or the pastor because that's where he's supposed to be. Right. We're the church. We're supposed to lead. Right. We're and not supposed a- to go and beg. <laughs> 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 We're leaders, and he does that yep. work. I don't know if y'all All know, right, what y'all y'all. Have, but I know. Look, All I know right. he doesn't like to hear. Well, he it. doesn't like to hear, it. and it's do... not
1: just the black, the black churches because we've been a part of uh, uh, multicultural churches. Yes, we have. Fred does Fred is what different. should be done. Yes, And I just wanted to make sure I recognize, I want him to know that we see you. We well, see you, I love we, love you. Yes, so I man, we love that. you. And I appreciate that. I do appreciate that Get the band back up we here. Get the band back up here. Get the band back up here. we love you too, hey, too sir. Hey, y'all
0: give them a hand. Hey, y'all come up here for a second. Hey, church, listen. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.